have you seen that they've bloody stolen our bloody our bloody idea? No, not necessarily stolen. And it's not, I don't care if it, they stole it. Wiki, Wiki, you know what they say? Imitation is the highest form of flattery. Exactly right, exactly right. To be honest, I wish they would take more of our ideas. Exactly, exactly. It's not stealing, it's sharing. And, you know, we're, 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 we're a source of knowledge here with Rugby League HQ, two of the tackle. And, you know, the more they take from us, the better the game will be. Like, you know, yeah, look, it was it was a great weekend, mate. I um uh first game back playing cricket actually on Saturday. First game back in the whites in 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 four years, and and really second game in about seven or eight. So uh you know it was definitely dusting off go? the cobwebs. Uh, look, go? we did we didn't get the W unfortunately, um but it was a valiant effort from from the side. Um for myself, obviously being a bowler. You know, all when they asked me, you know, when, when I was asked to play um, by by a friend of mine, and I said, "Look, I'm keen to play. I don't care where you bat me. Just give me a bowl. Just give me a bowl." Uh, so, mate, they brought those left arm in swingers into those right handers, and was able to snag three wickets. Oh, beautiful! Um, I was doing a bit of death bowling, um, you know, uh, but. <laughs> You know, there were two matches, big matches, you know, grand final qualifiers, and uh, we'll probably, you know, get stuck into those grand final qualifiers. Um, but before we get stuck in the grand final qualifiers, there was a test match on between the All Blacks and the Wallabies. Now, I'm not going to go into details of the game, you know. We can't do that, you know, if it was if I really watched it intently, but mm. uh, it was sort of just on later on in the evening. And so I was watching it. But and one of the things that sort of stood out for me in that game was the referee. Now, mm-hmm. it's something that we've probably criticised uh, rugby about, but that's sort of just the way it is. Now, to be fair, even including all the little annoying bits that we sort of didn't really appreciate about rugby league, uh, I thought they were pretty good with that, but that's what I wanted to talk about. It was, it was actually the way that they, uh, you know, award tries and also, you know, go to the video ref. So when they scored a try, there might have been about four or five tries through the whole game. And most of the times when they scored a try, there was no no sort of time to sort of react. The try was just given most of the times. So they just, you know, awarded the try straight away. But then they did have an opportunity where they um, went to the video ref. The TMO? The TMO in, in, in Rugby Union, correct? And one of the things that we stole from Rugby Union was they award the try. So they'll, they'll go, we're going to have a look at this TMO, please. They do a little square. They say, they explain to each other. So the ref on the ground explains to the video ref. Well, what does the TMO stand for? Uh, third match official. Third match official. It's, there you go. That probably explains it. Speaks to the third match official. He says, I'm going to award a try here. and explains what he thinks happened but have a look at what he's a bit worried about. And he goes, yeah, no worries. He'll talk to the touchy as well. They'll all have a bit of a chat about it. And then they'll go up to the TMO. And then the TMO will talk back to the referee on the ground. And the referee on the ground will watch the big screen, just like everyone else does. They can talk about it together, communicate, and then they can come up with a decision. And they come up with a decision together. And I thought, one, firstly, they're not too bothered about getting the, the, whether they got a little thing wrong that really didn't impact the actual outcome of the try. You know what I mean? And yet, 
they score those, but then even when they do go to the video, the ref, there's a communication there that I think mm-hmm. we need to implement in the rugby league. Now, we took the, the awarding of the try to go up to the bunker. Why can't we also have the communication? Mm. The option for the referee to admit once he has a chance to look at the replay, oh, actually, at first glance, I got it wrong, mate. Maybe we'd probably give mm. that a try or a no try or whatever. Yeah. Or this is what I thought when I saw this, but now I can see the replay. I was actually wrong. Now it actually changes mm. my whole perspective of it as mm. opposed to setting it up as a try first glance and then having the inability to overturn it. It's, it's an actual collaborative effort rather than an individual collaborative effort. You know, rugby yeah. league seems to decide we're going to have two or three people decide it, but we're going to put them in closed boxes and soundproof rooms and make them make their decisions and submit their results through the door without actually hearing other sides of the point. And as you just said, if you actually heard the other guys and why they've determined come to those decisions, they might go, oh, yeah, you're actually right. And you know why they might think that? Because they're all bloody officials. So yeah. that's their job is to officiate on games and understand these rules. And I'm sure if they discussed it, it's part of the reason why they wanted to put an extra person in the bunker. Yeah, yeah. And so exactly cool. right. Why don't you just let the on-field ref discuss with the top guy? Makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, yeah. And it, it just... It, it just makes me think maybe rugby is a different game in the, in the way that they don't really care so much about getting the decisions wrong. And it's almost because it is so great. There's a lot of times where uh, the breakdown, the penalty could have gone either way. And so because the nature of the game is very, very, you know, 50-50 a lot of the times, they sort of just get on with it. Like a lot of the time, yeah. sometimes it, it was straight, it wasn't straight. The referee will just deem it straight. Mm. Sometimes he'll be like, you know, when they have the scrums, sometimes the penalty is actually on the other side, but he can't actually see the other side. And he blows the penalty that he sees on his side because he saw this one. You know yeah. what I mean? I just get on with it. It's not a big deal. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it, with the, the way they adjudicate tries, where they, you know, they'll see if they see what they think is a try, they'll blow the, blow, the, blow the whistle, call it a try, and then check upstairs. But if they think it's a no try, just no try, scrum, whatever, drop out. They just go on with it. They don't go, all right, I've got a no try. Let's check it. Let's carry on. And we, we like to whinge about the time wasting and the draw the drawing out of things in rugby. Yeah. But they actually do just kind of, it does actually kind of flow. Now, yeah. it might not be as fast as rugby league continuously, but it has. it's always moving. Sometimes it's, sometimes yeah. it's crawling, then it's sprinting, then it's popping, but it's continuous. Yeah, it's not necessarily the officials that are interfering with the speed of the game, like the scrummaging. Like that, that is one thing that really annoys me. That's not the official's fault. The officials just busted his ass off to make sure that that happens so he can get mm. through it. Whereas the players, they're just so, so, you know, competitive that it, they just don't give an inch. And if they don't yeah. give an inch, it means, well, I'm not the one who gave away the penalty. It was someone else. So mm-hmm. that, that, as long as it's the players that are sort of slowing up the game, you can probably cop it. And then in turn, you tweak a few things. But it's not the officials. And like, I always say this as well. We bag these officials, but they're still the best. Like, uh, you know, we were going back and forwards about it over the weekend. But to be fair, I couldn't really put anyone forward in front of them over whether who's better. Because I don't know who's better. So let's just say that they are the best. Why are we giving them so much, putting them under so much pressure? Okay, you yeah. get a fucking decision wrong. Even even the one when you messaged me, he said it went dead. Well, at least they got the outcome right. At least the ref went, nah, no, actually, went out. 
Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so sometimes they can make mistakes as long as you just get on with it. Exactly. Who bloody cares? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. We all get kids. things wrong. It's about not getting too much wrong, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. Or it being the, being the impact of like the result, like the direct result of an outcome. Yeah. Yeah, That's definitely. So critical. Definitely. Anyway. Okay, first game, Melbourne Storm versus the Canberra Raiders. Canberra Raiders. Yeah. I suppose, actually, sorry, that would be my runner straight. I'm running it straight at the referee in the rugby, hoping that we can take a little bit of their TMO advice. But yes, okay, sorry, we're back to the, the Melbourne Storm hosting the Canberra Raiders. Storm sustained excellence, mm. and they just come out firing. You know, that break... Really, really showed the benefit of the week off. You really got to see that in that game. The week off, you know, playing at home, home, but like, you know, much more home than Canberra. Um, Melbourne didn't need to get on a plane um, and go through baggages and all those sorts of things. They had two weeks to prepare uh, and they blew them away in 20 minutes. So the game was over, you know. Um, it, it really, really was. And they were all class. They looked like they just came out firing with an extra gear. And the Raiders looked like they had a really tough battle against the defending premiers last week, which they did. You know, it was a tough, tough game, both physically and emotionally. Um, yeah, they looked good, the Storm. They looked very, very good. Would you, would, you, uh, would you be willing to give them the title now? No. No. Definitely not. No. Definitely not. Definitely not. But I would, I, I, I would prepare to feel like they're a nose in front because of, because of who they are. Um, you know, this is their fourth grand final in five years, a wealth of experience. Um, you know, they were up near the top. They did finish second. Um, you know, they only lost, but they lose three or four games this year. So, you know, there was beat a pretty... They both times. They beat the Roosters both times. They lost the Roosters both times. Without all their, with a lot of players out. They obviously lost yep. to the Panthers. They've only lost one game. Uh, they, they lost to Canberra straight after the they break. They lost to Canberra. They lost That's to Canberra, yeah. But what you, but with that, two of their losses were early, early in the um, pre, uh, early after the break. Say so, what I say early in the first say six rounds. Yeah. After the break, they lost to Canberra. They lost to Penrith. But what, 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 what really is starting to show this year? Is, remember last year they had they had an unbelievable year, minor premiers. They lost four games. They took twenty wins, four losses, blew everyone out of the park. Best attack, uh, best defense, and I think their four losses were by all by six points or less. And they just wiped the floor with the whole field all year. But as we got towards the end of the year, and then they obviously got beat by the Raiders in that first week of the finals, had to go the long route and obviously lost to the Roosters in the prelim. And it was, there was all that talk of, you know, did they fade? Did they peak too early? Um, and it feels like this year they, they did make a few little adjustments in trying to, trying to counter that in a way and really try and peak at the right end of the year. Um, I think even having a, a couple of injuries, not too many, but just a couple, a couple of little injuries, you know, Munster's out for a couple of weeks. Uh, Smith was out for a couple of weeks. They did actually, they had a few guys miss it. There was, I think obviously against um, Parramatta, they were missing quite a few, um, but they didn't have to deal with an overburdened injury toll, but they dealt with just enough to try and keep guys fresh and obviously rested a bunch of blokes in that last round. And, and, um, you know, felt confident doing it. Now, you remember when they did that in 2009? Yeah. 2009? I think it was 2009 they did that. Um, sorry, 2011. 2011 they did that. And uh, they ended up they ended up falling short in the finals. Um, they, you know, they sort of they, gave, they, them, gave them a 
gave them all the rest of week four when they knew they had the minor premiership locked up. And then I think it sort of ended up being a bit of a hiccup through the finals for them. So, yeah, yeah they look good. They I look very good. That season. I, could have, I can't remember their injury tolls or anything like that, but my memory of that season was that was the year they had the Battle of Brookvale. So they had the Battle of Brookvale. And uh, sort of out of that, I think, you know, the, did Glenn Stewart and, and Adam Blair get sent for the game? Surely they would have got sent. Yes. Yeah, they did. They both got 10. And then so before they got off the field, they punched 12, on. 12 apiece on the field. So it was an even number on the field. But the, the memory from out of that game was that, you know, Manly went in there and they went for a, a battle. They were ready for the Battle of Brookvale and they, they sort of beat up on, on the Melbourne Storm, you could say. And then it might have been a week or two later, they play the Roosters. Now, they rested Slater, Smith and Cronk all in that game. They could have even rested maybe, don't quote me, Ryan Hoffman. I might have to have a look at it, but they could have mm. rested Ryan Hoffman. Yes, as well. yeah, but, they did. They did. But what actually happened was... The Roosters actually beat up on Melbourne in that game as well. Now, okay, Cam Smith and Cronk would have, you know, turned the tide a little bit, but the reality of it was a big pack, a pack that's ready to rock and roll, could be something that they might struggle with some sort of yeah. some sort. And then the yeah. Warriors, I think I've said this many a time on the podcast. I just said if they run into the Warriors, they're gonna get caught, I reckon. And they yeah. did. They called the Warriors in the prelim and the Warriors just did enough to be able to, you know, mm. get on top of Melbourne in that game. So it could have been the fact that they rested those players as well and it just sort of, what is it? Maybe lose a little bit of rhythm? Yeah, but, well, I think it's highly emotional, but I think what I've, now that I look at it, um, because it's not just the physicality, it's that emotional, uh, you know, the emotional uh, ex- exertion that the team and the players put through. And, and if you remember back to 2011, that's the year after they, you know, all the salary cap stuff came out. They lost all the points and they came out in 2011 with the point to prove and they were awesome all bloody year. And then obviously they ended up getting beat in that prelim and, and falling short um, and probably being a bit disappointed with what, what seemed like a really great year. They looked like they were destined for, for the grand final and probably to play Manly again. Yeah. Now I go back to last year where, you know, not to the same extent, but it's still a kind of a revenge or, or bounce back year after losing that grand final to the Roosters in 2018. Once again, they had a great year that year and just the grand final, the Roosters played amazing um, and Melbourne just weren't able to compete and they just got blown off the park in that first half. So they, they have this emotional kickback the next year from, from that sort of that, that, you know, that really, they wanted it so much and they put they were flat out all the way through and just fell short. Where they just seems all a little bit more measured this year, just yeah. all a little bit more measured. And when I think of like these COVID type years, this COVID type year with a lot of sports teams, um, that experience um, in these big games is really paying to, paying uh, a lot of value. Um, we saw it in the NBA with the Lakers. A lot of experience there just paid through going through this bubble experience and having those wise heads dealing with a very different circumstance. And look, there's no wiser head than Craig Bellamy and Cameron Smith. Yeah, not in a rugby league field anyway. You know, you could put uh, maybe Wayne Bennett head with uh, Cody Walker. Nah, nah. You could put, you could put Wayne Bennett there. Um, I don't think you could put Cody Walker there. You don't reckon um, he's got a wise head on him? No, I think he does have a wise head on him, but I don't think it's a comparison to uh, Cameron Smith wise head who's been to eight grand finals. You don't reckon Wayne Bennett could carry carry the rest of the load? 
unless Wayne Bennett's going to put the number six jersey on and run out there and start working on his kicking game. No, I think that he's limited Monday to Friday, unfortunately, Wayne. And he'd say that himself. Yeah, yeah. He'd say that himself. He'd say that himself. If you were to think back to last year, Trent Trent Robinson and Cooper Cronk. But anyway, enough about the Roosters. They're done a dust for 2020. Shut up about them. Um, There was another guy. Actually, sorry. Just on Canberra Raiders. I thought Canberra, uh, you know, Valiant, obviously, you know, they're a preliminary file. They're going to put it all out there. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think, yeah, actually, sorry, sorry, sorry to sort of lose a little bit of flow here, but I think the, the battle that they had against the Roosters up against the Fresh Legs and the fact that they had the two weeks of the Melbourne Storm just sort of was that it. And it all, like you said, Gore got done in the first 20 minutes. And, and again, it's that emotional, um, the, the emotional toll for the the right you knew how much the Raiders got up for that game yeah. um against the Roosters naturally you know you lost in a really uh crashing grand final real close tight contest against the Roosters they wanted to get their payback they were up and fired up when they beat the Roosters at the SCG when they were missing guys earlier in the year and now he was their chance to knock them out of the finals yeah. and they saw a vulnerable animal and they picked him off and they were fired up and they came out out of the blocks in 16 nil up and, and held on for this really tight four point victory to then get to their the, uh, consecutive preliminary finals for the first time in about 25 years. I think it was the first time they made back to back prelims for the Raiders. So look, really successful year for the Raiders to, to do what they did when we consider, I remember when Josh Hodgson went down, I was thinking they're done. Yeah. You know, I still, I, I questioned whether they would make their eight or not. One or two weeks later, I was like, okay, no, they're going to make the eight. Um, and then they just they just created a new identity in who they were. And look, they got to a prelim. So it's another successful year. Um, but look, you know, every year's a new year. Players roll over. You lose stars. You know, well, John speaking, Bateman's not going to be speaking, there next year. Is, how do you think that the Canberra Raiders will go next season then? I, look, I think there's still a lot of lot of really good players there who are in the, in the right, I guess, age group and... Um, you know, they're in that sort of prime period. You know, Jack Whiten continues to get better and better. They've definitely got a find in George Williams. Um, Josh Hodgson will be back. And as we've clearly seen, they've got good cover in Tom Starlin and Havili in that combo that they, they offer and two very different types of hookers. Um, and they still have a good strong forward pack. So there's plenty of youth and experience mixed in there. And I think they've now created a bit of a culture and a habit of, of being a good team. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they're guaranteed to be in the top four. But I, I'm sure they'd be in the top six. I'd be very surprised if they weren't in the top six. Um, yeah. So, look. Top six. So, that, that's top six is where they finished this year. So, you think without J- John Bateman, they're going to have the same season, really? Or I just think, like you said, the inclusion of John Bateman really, really um, took them to the another level. Maybe not was responsible for getting to the top four because that was all collective. But I just really feel that once he got back in the team, it just allowed for the rest of the ballots in that forward pack. Now, that's not taking mm. credit away from the impact that George Williams and Jack White has on the team. And Josh Hodgson's obviously got to add a little bit more. But also what I felt Canberra did really well, which they hadn't previously, was when Hodgson goes down or was, was out. Remember that season when he was out? It mm. sort of was like, well, okay, well, we're not expected to pick up that load anymore. Whereas yeah. Starling and Havili, or Saliva Havili, they did enough so that everyone else could also contribute to the load. Mm-hmm. And, and Whiten think, and Williams really stepped up. 
Yeah, and that's I, the I, other difference. What George Williams as opposed to um, Aiden Caesar, who they had different types yeah. of halfbacks, um, is able to offer a lot. What I want, I want to add something to that to John Bateman. Um, and I agree. Look, he's he's a massive loss, and that's a big hole to fill. And yeah. we saw this year the difference he made when he came back into the team. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Look, that's still an unknown. How they, how they look. You're not going to replace John Bateman, but who takes up? that back row role and what can they offer? We've obviously got Corey Harawir and Ira there who could potentially yeah, become a starting back rower. The, different, the difference between losing Bateman for half this year through injury is next year, they've got all off season to prepare and remold their team and, and adjust their identity true. again. Um, and they've got, a, they've got enough of the right heads in guys like White and Williams, Papali'i, Joe Tarpany, Elliot Whitehead, you know, yeah, Chance yeah. is coming along. Jared Croker is still, you know, is a is is a great leader for them, and Ricky Stewart's really showing himself as a as a community leader there for Canberra. They got the whole town behind them. They've really they're really creating something. So, do you think do look, you we'll think Rapana can can take on a bit more of a leadership role as well? Or do you think he already has maybe? I I think he would already have a, He's know, been around a leadership role. Because yeah, he would already, he'd be a leader in that team. He he he's the same age as us. I think he's you know yeah. eighty nine or something like that. Eighty nine. He actually debuted in first grade. Played maybe a bit of a season, played, you know, here and there throughout an entire season, I'm confident, for the Titans. And then he went on his mission. So he actually did two years. So like Hopper he actually made his way back. So he's actually been around the game for a long time. Hmm. And yeah, as you said, you do think he's a leader. It's just something that I feel he might need to, if he takes that as a, a sort of a, like a responsibility, we might see the minimise his errors. He's still going to have errors in his game because mm. he's always pushing the envelope. But I just feel, you know, if he takes on that role, and he probably has, but he, you know, really embraces that role a bit more, I think we might be able to see him go to, again, another level, as they always say. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, look, it's interesting. Look, there's plenty to look forward to for the Raiders, but look, uh, just like a... Like fourteen other te- 13 other teams, sorry. It's, it's, you know, it's disappointing when you're done and you're out. Yep. And now you've got the next six months to try and prepare yourself for, for another go around next season. Another another tool to do. And all right, and so there was another game as well, obviously the Prindrith Panthers beating the South City Rabbitohs. Uh, was it twenty to six, I think it was? It was it ended up being a twenty sixteen. Twenty to sixteen, yeah. Oh, 16, sorry, sixteen, that's what I meant. Um, it ended up being a tight game at the end. Uh, but Panthers, as they have been all season. Just too good. Actually, sorry, I've got Fox on in the background. And although Brett Nader didn't get on, he's celebrating as if he scored the bloody match-winning try. That's what you want to see. You want to see someone get dropped just before the game to to know that it's it's a it's a team sport. And, you know, there was best team first mentality. Anyway. Listen, Brett Nader's never lost. He's never he's lost when he's been in the seven. Not lost a game since he's been in the 17. Whenever he's been named in the 17, he's never lost. That's why he was named in the seven. He's a cheeky man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, look, it, it, it definitely felt like a game where, look, it was a close game um, for sure. But the Panthers always seem to have um, between a hand and an arm's length from, from South. And South made sure it never got more than that. And they, they kept nipping at their toes and putting pressure on them. And, you know, they're rel- relentless in their attack. And they definitely showed they've got a lot of spirit, this team. Um, the bunnies, and they obviously got a lot of weapons. Um, but yeah, Penrith always seem to have. They're either somewhere between a hand and an arm from yeah. South. They managed to just keep enough away from them. Like yeah. South got the jump on them early and got a try. And then look, to be honest, the Panthers bombed a few tries. 
yeah, they, um, they really did. Like they they were the much better team, but South were South were a, you know a gutsy and talented enough team that if you don't make the most of your opportunities, then they can punish you. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for for South, they also made a lot of errors. It was an error field game. Um, yeah, I guess it seemed quite slippery out there. It was either slippery or they just they all had butterfingers. Yeah, um, there's a lot of drop ball and the play the balls and if you if you know, you're, you know like you're starting to notice these 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 mistakes or errors and during the game, obviously the errors. I mean, people talk about that there was a lot of errors in the game. I would go, yeah, okay, you're probably right. Like I can re- recall back to it. But even considering all those errors. It still felt like a really entertaining game, a really, really exciting game, an intense game, and and there was a bit. I think uh, Capewell might have copped a little bit of criticism. He might not have, you know, it might not have been his best night, but I think he had the most pressure on him out of any of those Panthers players. Even more pressure on him than Tyrone May, who was, you know, a late inclusion to start in the centres. Uh, now, although we've touched on Tyrone May, we think he's a great inclusion to the Penrith team. I felt he had this responsibility. The way that he was playing, the look that I got from him was he did not want to be the reason why they don't make it to the grand final. Mm. You know what well, I mean? Big shoes, big shoes to fill, literally. Big shoes to fill, massive shoes to fill. And, and although, you know, it's hard to argue that he played a good game because he did have three errors that I can recall in the game. So that's three mm. errors. That's not a good, good stat to have. But I still thought he played excellent. I still thought he really ran as hard as he could. He he really tackled really well. You know, a couple of dumb little mistakes that happened. But I, the mistakes that I felt that he made were all uh, were all done in a way where it was, you know, trying to push forward with the team as opposed to just a silly mistake sort of thing. Well, the, 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 the errors that I saw that highlighted to me, I guess the, I don't want to say sloppiness, but it, it yeah. you know, just, I guess a, a little bit of... Um, yeah, just some tardiness and obviously more from, uh, I guess, excitement and, and really trying to push the pace. A lot of play-the-ball errors. A lot of yeah. people dropping into the play-the-ball, trying to get a quick play-the-ball, trying to get the momentum going. But once it was rolling, you know, it was very fast. You know, you see the Panthers, they, as, soon as, they, as soon as they got a quick play-the-ball or there was, a, there was a half a marker out of step, Coruscant punish. Yeah. Bang. Straight out of dummy half, look to his left. Find find some, whether he's looking for Yo or whether he's looking for Cleary or Luai. Like he's finding someone, you know that whatever that that little break where he takes it to the line and just bang, no look pass through the hole and and look. Nathan Cleary, just that kicking game. It's just yeah. it's like it's 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 a it's a relief. Like it's like he's got a uh, valve, you know those pressure valves, and just you know it, it only takes like he might not get it the first kick. Okay, you guys are on top of. But he'll get it the next one, or if he doesn't get it in the in the in the next set, he'll get it the third set. Like he would just yeah. eventually be able to kick him back in, in into momentum. Yeah, it doesn't take him long to get the the field position back because he, yeah, he yeah, will kick, he'll exactly. kick it he'll kick it fifty sixty meters on the fly, and he'll either he either finds a little bit of space, or if it goes down the winger's throat, it's because they're catching it ten meters out from their own line, five meters from the sideline. Yeah. Because that's where Cleary wants you to catch it. And as they always say, a kick is only as good as its chase and the Panthers always chase hard. And look, I think much like, not to the same extent as Friday night's game, but you could see the team that had the week off and the team that had been playing three weeks straight. You know, there was 
Um, there's a few periods there in that second half there where, you know, you could throw a Duna cover over South as they're coming out of their own end. Like they're just, they're blowing and they're digging deep. And, and look, they were still just hanging in there, just consistently just being, whether they're four points away or try yeah. away, they were just nipping at their heels. They wouldn't let the Panthers put them away. Um, uh, but look, both teams, unfortunately, the Panthers not able to stretch that lead out and South not actually quite able to, to run it down and take over. Um, were a victim of their own errors. And oh, look, I'm not going to I'm not going to call the teams out for it. It's still it's just it's high intensity high football. High intensity, high pressure. You know. Yeah. It's the big big time. Yeah. It's the yeah. high yeah. as they say. Yeah, big time, big time. And look, there was there was some odd odd penalties throughout the game, and um, just as far as like you know some soft kind of high shots here yeah. and there, um, which is which I found kind of kind of really funny because of the physicality of the game. You know, there's a lot of real big hits and big runs through. And then, like, you know, a little love tap on the nose. is like penalty on report. Um, you know, Tamo's one where he did literally everything to avoid getting Reynolds. Like, he dropped to yeah. the ground and rolled. Yeah. And he gets, pen- gets penalised. So That was like, the start of the game, wasn't it? Oh, it's just, just nonsense. These early, they love blowing a couple of penalties. It is a... Um, it seems to be a referee trait sometimes if they can find something to blow a penalty in that first 10 minutes to just kind of set the tone with, with something like protecting the kickers. I know that's one area where they'll go, yeah. look, we're going to blow a penalty because I don't want you to go near his fucking legs. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've set the tone. Yeah, blow the penalty. Like it happened with Hargraves on Whiten, you know, much to uh, Whiten's Emmy performance as well. Um, if you've seen the size of that bloke, he's not flying that far from a little uh, uh, forearm across the uh, across the chest. Have you seen his chest? Yeah. Have you seen his chest? But it's like, look, we're protecting the kickers. Don't hit him late. Don't hit his legs. So to an extent, I get it, but come on. But carry on. It was, um, look, it was a prelim. It's what we expect out of a prelim. You know, we often talk about... Um, quite often the uh, prelims can be better than grand finals because the two teams, they, you know, trying to make the grand final, obviously winning it is the big goal, but making the grand final. Okay. We're here. Now we've got one game to find out if we can win it, yeah, but, but you, you don't get that chance. If you don't win final. that prelim, you can't win the grand final unless you get there. I know it's, exactly. uh, you know, stupid, but that's just mass, mate. It's just fucking mass. Look, anything can happen on the day. And you've got 80 minutes to then just to be the best team. That's not about being the best team all year. It's not about being the best team on paper. You've got 80 minutes on the turf, on the grass of ANZ Stadium, usually in the first weekend of October, to find out who is the best for the year. So, look, valiant effort for South. There's three prelims in a row. Um, Again, uh, they did that in uh, 12, 13, 14, I believe. Um, and and now they've done it in in 18, 19, 20. Obviously disappointing they've only been able to get through to one grand final from that. But considering this year, like there was a large period through the year where I was thinking like, oh yeah, I guess they'll make the eight because there's probably no one else better to to leapfrog over them. But they're just like a a thoroughbred, you know, like Bart Cummings just trying to work his horse, give him a few trials. We'll do a few pre-warm-up races. This one's not about winning. I just want to get your legs out there and I want you primed to run home. And it does make you think um, if Latrell Mitchell was there, you know, and if he did, doesn't go down injured, um, uh, how does how does that, I won't say change because we can't determine how it's, I'm not going to try and be a future predictor or change history. Um, but what else would that have been able to add to that South Sydney, South Sydney team for those 
last you know four or five weeks of the regular season and into the finals. But look, they'll get next year. You know, it always looked like a team for next year where they get to add Jay, Jay Arrow and they got twelve. They got a whole year of that forward pack here in at the start of the year. All these people saying, "Oh, they're probably a bit soft in the middle. They're probably you know one or two middles short. They don't really have a lot of grunt." And they heard it. They read it. And they said, I'll fucking prove it to you. And look, to be fair, they did. You know, that was, that was Burgess's, I think, best year. I think it was his best year since he's been in the comp. Uh, probably one of his most consistent years. And look, while he did make uh, an error or two in that game, he definitely got his errors down a lot from what he's normally been. And Totola just bursts through and just says, I'm a starting, I'm a starting prop. So yeah. they know Jairo's coming. They go, well, you're not taking my spot. Yeah, well, he's taking one of their spots because because Cam Murray ain't moving from the 13. And how good is Cam Murray? He played in the centres. He, he started in the centres. Yeah. And then they managed to get some modern managed to get somebody out there. Yeah, they got Chad Cartwright out there, actually, who was named yeah. to play in the centres. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think he's... I said I sent a message in the game, and I'm going to stand by it. If Teddy's the best in the game, Turbo's second best in the game, the third best player in the game is Cam Murray because he can play... Like he's like Mitchell Orbison, but he's better at every every game. Not maybe not every facet of the game, but every position in the game. I would say he's better than him. Well, that would be your list. Um, yeah, that would be yours. Um, look, I, you know, just on that actually, when I when I found out, you know, earlier that Campbell Murray, uh, Campbell Murray, Campbell Graham, yeah, yeah. Um, was ruled out. You know, I, that was definitely, you know, we I just spent a few minutes talking about Latrell Mitchell. I mean, he's been gone for six weeks. They've had time to sort of move and change from there. But Campbell Graham being out was a big loss, not just for the fact of he's been gone so well in the centres for them, but for exactly what you said, all the jumbling around. You've got this great asset that you have in Cam Murray and what he offers in the middle. And now you've got to move him to the centres or into the back row. And he was still highly effective. Yeah. Still, still was great. Um, but he does. He's not in the middle. Liam Knight comes in the middle. Now you just got sort of three big boppers running through there a bit more often. So, um, you know, they were able to. I guess Penrith were able to quieten or or sort of make it harder for, for Cody Walker as well. Like you said, though, just an, just more than an arm's length out of reach for, for. And look, that was the test for me as well coming into this week. I we you know. We, We've seen South score a lot of points these last three weeks. You know, 144 points in three weeks, but they'd never, they hadn't come up to a def- against a defense like Penrith. And Penrith have been the best defensive team all year. Well, who was the um, second best defensive team? Melbourne Storm. Oh, I thought it was the Roosters. Maybe the Roosters no. come third, fourth after they conceded 60 in the last game. Where were they in the last game? Going into the last game, uh, we were second or third. Second yeah. Or third. Because they had versed a good defensive side. We've been ripped apart. And they we weren't a good apart. defensive side in that game. <laughs> yeah. Well, even like the game after. And the game after that. Fuck who cares. Yeah. They just weren't good enough. The wheels fell off. In the end, the wheels fell off from that season. One thing that really mm. pisses me off. Now, I'm going to fire up here. One thing that's been pissing me off is that they're all done and dusted. And they're all, you know, they're over the hill and X, Y, Z. And all this shit about the fact that they didn't win three in a row. It's it's as if like they've put the 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 they they because they didn't create mm-hmm. history, they're all the of a sudden 
they've raised the bar. It's not even them, it's the media. It's not even their opponents that are going, oh, they're fucking done and dusted. It's the fact that this, the media built up the storyline about an achievement that if it's not achieved, they've failed and that they they are, they are, you know, over. You just yeah. think, how the hell are they over? Well, why do you say that about a team who never even won it? And I'm, I don't really want to pick on, I'm not picking on South, mm. but what's better, two premierships in a week, two finish, or three prelims in a row? Look, they've got to write about something, mate. They're, um, they're, they're monsters of the moment. And the, moment. The last, and the last thing they can call themselves is news. Um, yeah. Mainstream, the mainstream media is in line with Women's Day, New Idea, you know, you, you see articles now where quotes and opinions are, and uh, quotes and determinations and analysis are determined from sources say with no name source and Twitter comments and some own, some own like uh, one of the journalists of, of said media company who's determined this based off their own opinion yet states it as fact. So... I don't have too much time for, for what they have to say. What do you, to think, we, what do, you think we do? Listen, Why are we any different to that? Because we don't... Look, when we talk shit, you know we're talking shit and it's because we're having a bit of a laugh when we're talking shit. But we want to break something down and analyse it. We're going to go off what we see with our own two eyes and we're going to give it to the people straight. None of this fucking spin merchant, none of this crisis merchant crap, all right? We just call it as we see it. It's two in the tackle. We're two in the tackle. We're here to give it to you straight. Uh, and if we don't, fucking penalty. Get them right. on the floor, Drift. Get them and, on the and, and what we do is something... And what are we, what are we quite uh, proud to do, Wiki, that, that we know mainstream media never does? Oh, we'll apologise. We will apologise. If Once we, we get something wrong, we'll apologise. We'll apologise for that. But um, anyway, we, we've got a grand final coming up this weekend. Mm. The grand final, you know, we've been waiting all season long, and as we know, the Melbourne Storm will be playing the Penrith Panthers. Um, before we get started on, on what our thoughts of the game is, I'm going to ask you straight out. Give me a Dalian winner from the Melbourne Storm. A Dalian winner, like a, a sorry, who's sorry, won it sorry, before. Sorry, Clive Churchill. A Clive Churchill medalist from the Melbourne Storm. As in, like a past, past win? No, no, no. Now, the, for Sunday. Sunday. Oh, for Sunday. <sighs> I mean, it's it's hard to go past uh, one of the Camerons. Yeah, okay. So you go Cam Smith or Cam Munster. And what about for the yeah. Pedro Panthers? Yeah, again, it's, it's uh, it, the nine or the seven. The it's pretty hard to go past. It's pretty hard. Like Appy. I do like Appy Coruscant for yeah. uh, like as the, a. What? I like Jerome Law, and I'm going oh, yep. to charge him with Jerome Law. I'm going in hard with him. He's $21, gave him responsibly. And I think that's where I'm going to send my money this week on Jerome Law. The reason being, Api Carousel, um, you know, better chance of getting the man of the match. I hadn't really thought of him. But the reason what I like about Jerome Law, just like the rest of those Petty Panthers, but I feel like he is the one who epitomizes them the most out of all of those players, is the fact that. He has all the skills. He has all the skills. Just like the Panthers, they've got all the skills. But he has this sense about him 
that the moment doesn't really bother him. You know, he'll 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 enjoy it at the end of the game, but at that point in time, he plays the moment or he handles the moment uh, so elegantly. And I just think on grand final day, he's got Kikau there, and Kikau could end up stealing it from him. But I think Kikau is going to be on, and I reckon Luai is going to be on with him. He knows that Kikau is going to be on, and that's why I feel as though he's the one who's going to stand out. But the more the more and more I talk about it, the more and more I feel uh, Apicarosa might might come through with one of those just well displays. To give you a bit of an update, uh, the sports bet prices for Clive Churchill medal have uh, Appy Corusau as a 17 to 1 shot. $17. Yep. And Jerome Luai is $21. 21, yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. So, mate, mate, you can have a little tenner on each, mate. Each way here, there. Now, now, look, it is, it is Monday, so we are six days out from the grand final, but the weatherman is predicting a lot of rain this weekend. Okay. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 5 to 15 mils each day um, with potentially heavy thunderstorms on Sunday. So, you know. I hope that's but, the only storm turning up in town. You know, I thought, I thought, I thought you were going to, uh, I thought you were going to throw, uh, throw your main man up there. Viliami kick out? No, 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 not Viliami. Your boy, you've been touting him. You've been touting oh, him for Al a blue jersey. Oh, Martin, mate. Oh, Martin, I apologise. Yeah, no, the other background. Well, I thought Villiam would kick out because I was riding him for the whole beginning of the year. And then I started riding the other back row, the back half of the year. You're right, Liam Martin. Now, I watched Liam Martin last week and I thought he was really going to be on last week. I really did. But I, I also realised, I also realised that as good as he has been this year and as good as he will be, you know, moving forward for the rest of, you know, his career, he will always be a good player. But I think, you know, that... What I learned was consistency is the most important uh, currency. I think that's more important than mm. their performance. If you can, you know, do it again next year, then he'll. If he did that, you know, last year and then into this year, there'd be a no question. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just saw in the game against South. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he does. It's not. He wasn't terrible. It wasn't Not at all. Not at all. But I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. He's still got a little bit more to do. Just a yeah. little bit. Just a little well, bit. Well, you know, you, you definitely you planted the seed in my mind. Um, and uh, a couple of Fridays ago, after a few sherbets post-work, I uh, well, I got myself a little piece of Liam Martin for the Clive Churchill at a nice and juicy 51 to 1. Oh, get in there, old Lisa. Get in there. <laughs> You know what? I, re- I really want to see a forward win it. So I don't care. Like, if I'm being honest, um, uh, for, uh, if either team wins, I, I'm honestly not disappointed or not unhappy. Yeah. I'm really not unhappy. For very different reasons. Um, they're two, I think they're two very deserving teams. Um, but I really want to see a forward win the, the Clive Churchill. Who was the last forward to win it? Okay, let me go. Let me go. Can I have a go? Have a go. Yeah, you can have a go. Yeah, have a go. Okay, so, oh, I think Sabeba just won it in 14. So, let's go 15. 15 was JT. 16 mm-hmm. was Lukey Lewis. Lukey Lewis. 17 was uh, was a Melbourne Storm player. It must have been. It could have been Billy. No, he's a, I'm yeah. not sure if he was. Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid. Won, oh, Number two. Oh, that's no, right, because he won. Yeah, yeah, whatever. 18 went to 
yeah, Keza, Nara went to Wada, but I should have gone to Hargrave. So Lukey Lewis then, I gotta say Lukey Lewis. Yeah, yeah. So actually, when you go back, back so actually when you go back there now, when I look at now, you look at the you know, so from the last, uh, I guess the last ten years, the last nine years, um, of Glyph Churchill winners, with there's been three forwards: Luke Lewis, yeah. Sam Burgess, Glenn Stewart. Glenn Stewart, eleven back here, yep. Glenn Stewart. So you've got a uh, you know, the heart and soul of the team, big middle, Sam Bird, just courageous effort in that grand final that I've still never seen. Um, the uh, Luke Lewis, ever versatile. I guess he's a back rower. I mean, he's you can call him a back rower if you want. Peter's Clive Church, but I could have given it to him because the initials he had on his one of his his uh, strappings. But that's yeah, it should have it should have been. I'm you know, there's no look. I love Luke Lewis. No one loves Luke Lewis more than me. But I was. Filthy that Fafita didn't get it. Yeah, that's yeah. what punch, that's what punters do when they bet on him and he doesn't come through. <laughs> but we, but you look at those sort of those sort of forwards, you know, they're uh, you know, it, it doesn't happen all the time. Typically it's going to playmakers, but the ones that do, you know, they've got something extra in their game. You know. So if you were to think of a, a forward to, to take out the Clive Churchill, if we're thinking of who are the forwards that have something a little extra in their game. That are that are really going to be to break through and, and you know create a match winning performance, you know. You yeah, mentioned well, one of them before from the men, mountain men. Yeah, Billy, I've been kicking our feelers though. Yeah. From, from the forwards and and like Brandon Smith is a type of player that could really, but I don't think he gets enough minutes in the grand mm. final. You know what I mean? Another guy, another guy, another mountain man who who had a fantastic performance. Um, on in the prelim on Saturday and looks like he's probably going to earn himself a blue jersey. Isaiah Yo. Oh, what about that run? What about that run from Isaiah Yo? That was a spectacular run. I actually remember when he got that got the ball. It was, uh, I think, it was that guy who came on to replace Carousel at number nine. He Mitch, had to Mitch, a, Kenny. Mitch Kenny. He had to go into W half. And yep. I just sort of sort of get it to him. And, and the way that Yo ran the ball, I just thought, oh, I'm not too sure about this. And he managed to just, once he beat that first defender, which is what he saw, which is exactly what he saw, he goes, I'll get past this guy, I'm in the clear here. And he beat him. And that's what it was. And that's, it was just one of those rewards for all the work that he's done this year. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I can't. I can't, I can't release. Anyway, sorry. I was just watching who got fullback of the year for the Delhi M. And who I, was it? I just, it's, it's also, it's to do with um, the, their voting rank. That's right. It's a bit of a strange one. It's to do with their voting rank. Yeah. So yeah. who got it? Well, have well, you Clint seen? Clint Yeah. Clint Gutherson? Yeah. Yeah. But that's right. He was a good player this year. But... Look. I thought, yeah, he had a great year, but this is why the Dallium system is flawed, the way they give away their positions. Um, well, they've given everyone a make... yeah, yeah, well, that's, be- that's better, but don't just go off the 3-2-1 votes. Name your fucking team. Yeah, yeah, name a team, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. perfor- you, ha- you can have a performance that catches the note of an observer to give a 3-2-1 in a game, yeah. but you could go missing in other games. But also, and as you said, well, consistent. I, to be fair, though, to be fair, I, I could let I could cop them picking their team out of their voting rank. It's their whole brand, really. It's the Delhi M. So 
it, what, what I feel as though is if they just adjusted the the way that you get daily endpoints so that everyone gets a, a rating for every single game. So that, because if you only give three, two and one, how come the guy, you know, three, you might understand who the three was for the game, but you might not be able to tell who was second. Do you know what I mean? So mm. because you can't tell who was second, there was two or three people that were second. They've all, but they've got to split the points between them. One person gets no points, one person gets one, and one person gets two, but they all played the same. This is why I prefer just to vote at the end of the year. Just to vote. Just to vote. But, you know, you have... No, no, no. Well, you can make it a collab... You can make it a collaborative... No, not a fan vote. Um, But you can make it a collaborative vote and say you've got, you know... uh, I don't. I don't like if it's just given to the media because who fucking says that they know everything? That's what they've um, got at the moment. That's I know, and I. Is. Yeah, but look, you know, well, it's not just. I mean, look, a lot of uh, there are quite a few of those media officials who are past players. Yeah, um, you know, so you got the. But again, you know, it doesn't mean they know everything either. But you got to give the opinion to someone. But part of the daily M is there's one judge for one game. Like, what I would rather is a hundred judges at the end of the year. Who is your five, four, three, two, one for the best player of the year? Who was your who was the best player this year? Give me a five, four, three, two, one. Who you yeah, think yeah. you watched the you watched the whole year? Not 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 you weren't a merchant of the moment. You took the whole year under consideration and went, that guy was the best player this year. And look. Most of the time, they're probably they're probably about bang on. Most of the time, they are. They're there, there or thereabouts. But I think you could do the same thing with the team of the year, just like we did, where you go, who was the team of the year? When we really look throughout the year, who really had that that awesome year and that impact on their team and really helped them succeed or or did some really impressive things throughout that season? Um, you know, that's the show. That's important. Sorry, sorry to interrupt your case. They're literally showing. The exact same screenshot that was sent around. No. This is outrageous. This is outrageous. Yeah, that's why it's nonsense, isn't it? I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. It's you've got to be. Oh, anyway, anyway, someone, someone, someone. Tomorrow morning is gonna be. You know, joining that job seek a lot. Well, hang on, hang on a minute. Last year there were scandals because you had. Oh, you're fucking kidding me. Okay, they got it wrong this year. They got it wrong this year. Yeah, yeah. So you don't, you didn't know who won it. No, I just switched the telly on now. Yeah, but as in before, so you hadn't seen the screenshot. I saw, I saw it. I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be uh, come through or not. Um, but obviously, it has. Look. Last year, they had, you know, all the innuendo and drama with uh, members and, and journalists from, from the Daily Telegraph who were having, having a punt on some of these different awards. Now they release the fucking leaderboard, what, an hour, two hours before it's awarded and they're right? Look, I'm sorry. I like Jack Whiten and I think he had a really great year. But he is not the fucking best player this year. He was not the best player this year. I'm sorry. This is a fucking G up. I'm not even kidding, man. <laughs> Honestly, Clive Churchill medal last year and Dally M this year. 
You have got to be kidding me. It's not me. his fault. It's not his fault. No, it's no. That's what, um, it's not his fault. That's, look, it's not his fault. I'm not, I'm not having a go at Jack White. No, I know it sounds like I am. I know it sounds like yeah. I am. So let, let, me cut, let me put through a caveat to this. I think Jack White is an absolute beast. He is an animal. And he is, and yeah, he'll be he'll be in there in that New South Wales team, of course. He's one one of the first picked because he's he's an unbelievable player. But that's a joke. <laughs> that's, that that is a joke. See what would happen? What would happen if see if you asked every person, you asked every person on the street before the week leading up to this uh, this week, who's going to win the Daly M? Everyone's like, oh, it's got to be Cleary. It's got to be. Yeah, yeah. I lost one game. He came third. They, they lost one fucking game all yeah, year. Could you, could you not argue the, 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 the people who voted for Jack White, he probably deserves the votes, but do you not? Uh, with, of course, no, of course, yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, of course, I'm sure he did deserve the votes, but that's why the system's flawed. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him. Who cares? Good on him. Good on him. We can't, can't take it away from him now. You know that, that, that. You know what I feel. And the player's player. We don't need to change the system. We can have the Dally M. We can have the Rothmans medal. We can have two of the tackles player of the year. The only medal that fucking counts, honestly, is the player's player. No affair, but some maybes. And oh, system, I disagree with that. The, the system will personally. I just think. That's the only one that matters. All right, you disagree. That's fine. You don't have to agree, and you can tell me why you disagree. But also, the the system that they have in terms of a player's player, um, I actually enjoy. But you, I'll tell you that in a second. You tell me why you don't think that that's the most important, most prestigious award. Well, that's not what you said. You said the only one that matters is player's player. Well, okay. And I don't. I, I don't want to take away from the. I don't want to take away from the fact that that's that's absolutely important. There's nothing great. There's. Yep. There's. You know. There's. There's something so special about obviously being voted among your peers as being one of the the most special players, without a doubt. Um, but it, it's it's not just about the players; it is about all the people involved in rugby league and all their they're all their eyes watching and the way that they see it and view it as well. I mean, at the end of the day, it is where this is a game for everyone. Yeah. Fair enough. So, so I think I so I think the eyes and the opinions of everyone as well. I just don't think we've got it right in the way that we adjudicated on. Yeah, it. fair enough. Well, you, you, one of the things that you said was you'd like to have a hundred judges, and that, that's probably just what you thought of off the top of your head while we're talking about it. But if you were to go pick a hundred judges, and they have to do five, four, three, two, one, name the list of players or whatever, and that seems like a better way than it is now. But if you were to list a hundred judges, you pick your hundred. I'd pick my hundred would be probably actual footy players, current NRL players. That that would be my hundred. Your hundred would be would consist of some footy players, I assume, or would they have no footy players? No, 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 no. It, 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 you need to try and cover um, a collective. You need to cover a collective. I feel to to get a to get a real fair consensus. So you've got. Whether you've got past players, whether they're members of the media, you have certain, I guess you would have certain selected media delegates, whether they be in, um, and it can't just, all right, cool, we're just going to pick all these people from this paper, or all the people from Sydney. You know, you want people in New South Wales, Queensland, um, you know, spread Melbourne as well, like these different sort of officials. I want to hear from delegates. the, I want to hear from executives. 
you know, I want to hear from, from people involved in clubs as well. Um, you know, I just feel like you could get a better, a better broader picture of everything and you could more often than not come to um, the, the right answer. Yeah, and I got to apologize for my outburst. It really did. Again, it sounded like I was I'm filthy with Jack White. Yeah. Again, no, I, I, think he, I, I, think, I, think, I think he's awesome. I just don't think he was the best player this year. I yeah. don't think he was. I don't think he was in the top three players this year. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I probably, I definitely agree with you. He wasn't named in our top three players, was he? <laughs> was he? Was he? Was he in the first thirteen? No, he wasn't even in our first thirteen. He didn't even make our first thirteen. He wasn't even the best five eight in our in our. But that's right. You know, he was second best five eight, and you fought for him. We had a battle over that one. I fought for Luke. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, Luka. yeah. You're right. You don't need to apologise to. Mm. To to it, you just yeah you're right just maybe I misinterpreted you sorry about that just no, no, look hey look also sure everybody did. if we were to go if we were to go back to your so if we were to select players as being some sort of uh, committee or, or version of a judge or you know some sort of uh, stake in terms of deciding would you have to pick every player or would you pick how would you decide which players are playing? Because I actually agree with you. There's probably more important awards, like other awards that are just as important. But now, now considering that, I still feel as that that should be the number one award. There might be other ones that are, that are worthy of winning as well. But to sort of to have to do one where you've got to ask all the players and then throw that into a pool with all these other contenders, it sort of would just dilute their award even. More to it, which I feel. Even no, 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 no. Okay, I, I'm not. I, I'm not asking the players. The players, the players, player is its own thing, and it's it deserves own. to be its own thing. Right. It deserves to be its own thing, um, and that's all it is. Um, but yeah, there has to be. You know, I, I don't know exactly how you would break down who who was part of those selection panels. Say it's a hundred judges, whatever. So I just threw a number out there. At the moment, yeah. it's one person per match. Um, but whether you've got uh, people involved in the media, people involved within clubs, uh, people... Because well, you're involved. right. I think clubs is an important factor, like executives mm. or board members or chairmen or whatever They should have a, a vote because they, they look at it from the point of, of... Like, David Beckham signing with the LA Galaxy isn't the coaches... Fucking actually, I suppose it is. But that two hundred that two hundred fifty million dollars being paid off straight away, that type of uh, appeal to a club should contribute to their players. I feel it should have some sort of sway in the vote. It's not the be all and end all, but it should have some sort of impact on the vote. The, the way the impact that that has on the club as a large on and off the field, which they would mm. consider. Well, I think we just saw this year why this should be the last year that they do it this way for all for not not just for my opinions, but for the fact that it was already leaked an hour before and before the season started, the NRL said there'll be no gambling on it. They they banned gambling on the Dally M and for good fucking reason, clearly. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, once that got leaked, they would have fixed something. They would have just suspended it. But with the with the um Sorry, it's just the the. So I keep harping on about it, but the only reason why the Delian is the the it was it was one that sort of like fought off the others and it became a part of the ownership. It ended up owning the game 
the Daily Telegraph. And because they own the game, they as officials decided this will be the number one award. Mm. But the truth is we can see in, the, in how it goes about, um, you know, coming up with the answer in the end. It's, it's, it's actually a flawed award. And then again, I'm sure like mm. maybe they're old, they might go, yeah, right, look, look back on a, on a deli end. I reckon they'd be more proud of their Clubman Awards than they would of their Daly M Awards. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I could. I think you, you could be uh, proud of the acknowledgement of an achievement for a, for a Daly M. But yeah, that Clubman really is that because they're the people you you know you yeah. blood, sweat, and tears for. Like if you got day club day player of the year, you'd you'd count more of your club players years than your Daly M's. Especially yeah. get more club players than Daly M's as well. But do you know what I mean? Do you, do you know what I'm mm. getting at? It and yeah, it's just for sure. Yeah, something. Well, they used to. Well, they used to have the Rothman Medal. Yeah, exactly. And it just became, it became non-existent once the Daily Telegraph took over the, the game. Really. Anyway, enough about that. It's been, a, it's been an absolute pleasure of a season. You know, it's been a long, long ride for the Roosters as well. You know, it's something that I have been thinking about, uh, which we will discuss, or I might even write about, uh, just how, how you know the impact it has on the fans and that I know it might sound a little bit strange, but I actually think it becomes tiring. Mm. Tiring. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's intense. You know, it's a lot of emotion. Of like the, like we are that, getting that, that honor of being, or that honor, that sort of that privilege or that privilege of being able to say we're the premiers. You, you, that sort of like angst, I've only realised over the last two weeks we've held on to, well, since we won in 2018, but the reality of it is the beginning of that 2018 season was when it started, we became a chance. So we were always in the running. You know what I mean? We never, even in the off-season, you're still in the running because you've got the World Club Challenge that you've got to worry about. Oh, yeah. no, no. Maybe I'm a little bit dramatic, but you know what no, I mean. No, but hey, look, you know, we're a couple of diehards and, and I think we both... You know, great disappointment when we lost, but also a little bit of a weight off. Like, okay, well, we're not getting up with like, oh, are we going to win? Are we going to lose? Can we get through to the next week? Can we make another run at it? Imagine how the bloody players feel yeah, and the rest of the club. So it really sort of, it really does add to a lot when, when people do talk about, hey, look, you know, they just could be emotionally drained from it. You can understand. And that's why it's very, very hard to go back to back. And very rarely has a team ever gone for the triple threat. So um, staying up and, and relevant every year is is really really tough. Um, and that's all the more power to the Storm. You know, six prelims in a row and it's their fourth grand final in five years. Can they win another one? And you know, now we've got a Panthers team who have who are riding a seventeen game winning streak. So. Um, two really massive things for them to contest um, and I guess see where they're at with and, and find out who's the best player of the year. I mean, who, who, who you got? Who you got? Well, I've got uh, Jay Luai. Jay Luai for sure. And who you got, Clive Churchill? One man, one man only. Well, my heart says... Happy Coruscant and Panthers for the win. One bad only. But my head says the Melbourne Storm are going to win. There you go. Uh, they won't so, steal Ian Smith. They won't steal Yeah. 
Yeah, look, uh, Smithy, you know, but the other person who I think is a real shot is our, our man, Little Pappy. Little Pappy. Little Pappy. Little Paps. Pappenhausen. But either way, it's going to be a great contest. It's going to be a great game. Great weekend. AFL Grand Final. Rugby League Grand Final. Khabib versus Gaethje. It's all bloody happening. The Cox Plate. <laughs> and then shortly after that, we've got Origin and the Melbourne Cup. So uh, it just never stops. It's going to be a cracker. Anyway, as it always is, pleasure. Much love. All the best. Up there, Chooks. Up there, Chookies. Good the weekend, eh?